Well, I've got a question for you. Can you bury your dream to keep the peace at home? Let's sit with that for a minute. Can you, should you, do you want to bury your dream to keep the peace at home? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. All right, here we go. And you know from the setup, we're going to have an interesting conversation today. Hey, this is Dan Miller. This is 48 Days radio. Yes, this is where each week we dive into some real life questions, usually taking about 48 minutes. Maybe today will be a little shorter than that. We'll see. Your real life questions coming from you, people like us who are engaged in this thing we call work, this thing we call life, the challenges, the wins. You know, this week I had in my mastermind, uh, we have once a month, everybody kind of shares and catches up. And so to use as the format this month, we used a high, a low, and a buffalo. Now that comes from my oldest son, Kevin, who in his family has a little Indian girl that they've adopted. And so they do that, but tell us something that's going well, something that's a challenge, and then something that kind of showed up unexpectedly, like a buffalo. So we had a lot of fun with that. And a mastermind actually will probably use that again because people loved the idea. So we'll think through, you can think through your own as we're going through some questions here. You're high, low, and buffalo. Well, here's some questions we'll be looking at. Actually got some success stories I want to share as well from you, the listeners. Our business has grown 400% in the past three years. Our 2022 goal is to double our 2021 business. I'm going to be tired, but loving it all. Here's another one. I'll turn 50 this year, and I've never been more excited about the future. I'm reevaluating, prioritizing, readjusting, and rewriting my future. Now, we get a lot of notes like that, and certainly welcome yours as well. People who are seeing, even with the dramatic change we've been through, the challenges, what seemed like obstacles, getting a whole lot of people that are getting more clarity and more success than they've ever experienced before. And then we have some like this as well. Dan, I'm starting to feel lame and embarrassed in my job search. And it's discouraging me from continuing to apply with the companies I really like because when I'm ignored repeatedly, it makes me feel kind of disrespected and that they won't even give me the time of day. So there's that as well. And here's one. Dan, I retired from healthcare making six figures, but had gotten frustrated with our Western medical model of care. So a variety, going to have some resources for you, no matter what it is you're trying to accomplish. But I'm going to challenge some of you who are wanting to be entrepreneurs. We're going to talk about that first and kind of as a continuing theme through these questions today. Quotation comes from Mariel Chen, who said, we cannot discover new oceans until we have the courage to lose sight of the shore. And our resource for today we got an entrepreneurial readiness quiz. Do you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? Now, we hear about that a lot. The estimates are that of the over 1 million people that have quit their jobs in the last six months, that over a third of those are starting their own businesses. That's a whole lot of people. So do you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? 
Got a quiz set up for you. It's 18 questions. You can just walk right through that. Just go to 48days.com slash entrepreneur. Hopefully you know how to spell it at this point. 48days.com entrepreneur. It'll walk you through those questions. So you can really kind of get a sense of, you know, is this something that you ought to look at? Is it something that you should not? Now, these are questions that are going to look more at your personal characteristics and your academic background or your talent or your ability or your IQ. Just do you have the mindset to be an entrepreneur? That's what we typically look at. Well, if you want to submit a question like the ones we're going to be going through here, just go to 48days.com slash askdan. You can leave it there. And of course, as you know, if you have a question that I use here on the podcast, I'll send you an autographed copy of 48 Days to the Work You Love, the latest version. Hear from a lot of people who have older versions. And of course, I'm grateful for that. It's been around a while, but we want to make sure to get the brand new one in your hand. And we'll touch on it today. There's a whole lot of things that are going to change in the next version that'll come out. When it comes to the job search and how we do that, there's a lot that's changed in the last two years. So the 2025 version that I'm already working on, will have some new tips for how to do that. Well, of course, you all are learning it as we go anyway. Now, last week, one of the questions that I dealt with was how do you get a reluctant spouse to support your efforts in a side business or calling if they have a different vision of security and work than you do? Now, I mentioned that we get a lot of questions like that. How do you get a reluctant spouse to come on board? You know, if you want to follow your dream, if you want to you know, do the entrepreneurial thing, start your own business, have something of your own. Now, once in a while, and, and I'll have to admit, whenever that comes up, I always go with the person who wants to be an entrepreneur, whether it's he or she, whoever in the, in the relationship, I always go with that person in how to bring around the other person who's dragging their feet, who's trying to keep you back. I always go that way. Well, interestingly, you know, once in a while, I get a little pushback on that. And this week is no exception. Joseph wrote in, I was listening to the podcast last week, and a question about the reluctant spouse got me to wondering, why is this question framed in a way that the reluctant spouse needs to think differently? Why doesn't the entrepreneur think differently about his regular job? Now, this is really goes to the heart of something. And I, I appreciate your questioning me on this, Joseph, because it's a really realistic question. Why doesn't the one who wants to be an entrepreneur, who has the dream, why don't they change their mind and just see the reality as it is? Be grateful for the job they have. You know, he says, well, maybe even the, the entrepreneur could think about the work that they do at their regular job as their business. The company they work for would be their client and the coworkers would be customers and their vendors, depending on the working relationships. Now that's, that's really not unrealistic. Um, Marianne Renner is one of our coaches. You hear me. She's our Dean of mindset in our 48 days Eagles community. She had a job. She came to one of our events, decided she wanted to be a coach, went through our coaching mastery program, has had astounding success in that, speaks, does workshops at companies and all that. However, she still has the job she had when she started this process and doesn't have plans to leave it. They pay her very well. She's valued there. She gets to do what she loves doing there, the training and coaching there. So it gives her a chance to 
refine and develop the things she wants to offer to other people. So she calls that company that gives her full-time salary, she calls them her primary customer. So it's exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah, I think there are ways to have kind of both, both blend here in today's environment. You certainly can. And I, I value, again, the, the challenge. You know, maybe it's not the reluctant spouse who needs to change the mind. But what I recommended last week and what I certainly uh, continue to recommend is that uh, the two people involved have open conversations about it and come to agreement on what that's going to be. It doesn't necessarily need to go 100% one direction, either one. Now, at the same time, I mean, knowing how I'm wired, as an example, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think like that. Um, Joanne knows I would be miserable trying to be an employee. So in as much as she would be totally content with that, totally, always has been open about that. She knows how frustrated I would be. And so it really came down to her willingness to let me experiment with all my crazy ideas like I continue to do. So there has to be a, a balance where everybody feels validated it's not a matter of just snuffing out the desires of one person, but in the agreement, it ought to be, there ought to be a way to validate what both people want. Well, here's another good news kind of thing. This is kind of cool. The NBA star, Bismack Bayomo. I didn't pronounce that right. I'm sure. But anyway, he plays, let's see, he plays for the Phoenix Suns. He just donated his entire salary contract for this year, 1.3 million to the construction of a hospital in his hometown in the Congo. Now, when you think about the average income for a person in the Congo, I mean, he came here because he's a tall athletic guy and plays basketball, but he's, he recognizes how out of whack his salary is. And his dad died last year. He actually went home and spent some time with his dad before he died. And he's creating this hospital in memory of his dad in the Congo. But I mean, that, that's a pretty stellar move. Um, and he doesn't feel like it's a big sacrifice. I mean, he doesn't need another you know, Lamborghini or Ferrari or whatever. Instead of doing that, which so many athletes do when they get a signing contract, he's given the entire sum to build a hospital back in the Congo. Just, just kind of a cool thing. Um, sure, certainly challenges some of those who have grown up with a lot of abundance around us where our expectations maybe are unrealistic just about what a real meaningful life would be and why we perhaps don't need another million dollars. And if we do get access to it, how we might use it in a way that would surprise a lot of people as this certainly does. I got a text this week from, um, David Osk, a lot of you know him. He's a, a singer, a, an amazing tenor, but that's not how he makes his living. He does that because he enjoys doing it, has a lot of opportunity to do so in the Nashville, Tennessee area. But he also has a regular job, and he also has an entrepreneurial side business that he's been working on for a couple of years. And that little business has gotten pretty interesting. What he did was design a thermostat cover you know, when you go into a restaurant, you know, you can't as a customer walk up there and change a thermostat, make it what you want. No, it'd be going up and down all day long. So they all have a locked box on top of them. And then the manager has a key. Well, what if the manager isn't there or the manager's day off? Who does have a key? You know, how, how do you control that? So what David did was develop 
again, not rocket science, not high sophisticated technology, but a combination lock like you would have on a little lockbox of some kind or on a locker at school. So you just roll the numbers in there and it's a combination. That way there could be five people that have that combination without having to have to carry an extra key. Well, he developed that and he developed it in a really nice way, had really nice packaging done, had those produced, started selling them online, was being quite successful in doing that. He just landed a contract to have those in all the Lowe's stores. He sent me a video of him standing there holding one of those boxes off the shelf in a Lowe's store. Now that really is, I mean, we talked about it. It really is the American dream. I mean, he just had an excellent idea, hard work, tapped into the wisdom and inspiration of others around him. I mean, I talked to him a lot about the development of that um, a couple of years ago when he was just first developing it. And he has that constant belief in the big dream. You know, we talk a lot in our Eagles community about having the right mindset, the right idea, and the right network. And David certainly has that. But again, congratulations to him. And again, I love the fact that he just took something, a concrete idea, saw a need out there, developed something, pursued through the obstacles. Now he has a product that's coming off the shelf, Home Depot, Lowe's, and other big retailers like that. Now here's a note from Mandy. And thanks. Um, oh, she actually was one of the prize winners in our recent survey for the podcast here. I think we awarded, I think we had like 10 people. They got a hundred dollars and then somebody that got a coaching session with me, but Mandy was one of those with a hundred dollars. So she said, thanks for the card and the prize check for answering the survey. 48 days in the encouragement from you and the 48 days community was the precipice for my complete 180 degree career change. You may remember about three years ago, I sent you a note telling you I had left my job of 14 years and a 25-year career as an accountant for a Fortune 500 company. Wow, what a huge leap of faith that took. I had a side hustle, window treatment company, but jumped to make it my full-time focus in business. And what a roller coaster ride the last three years have been. Exactly one year after I jumped from my job, the entire world stopped with COVID. My phone stopped ringing. I thought to myself that my pivot had been a huge mistake. The doubts set in, so did my worries. However, after three weeks of no appointments, no sales, my phone started ringing again and business took off and has not stopped. Our business has grown 400% in the last three years. Our 2022 goal is to double our 2021 business. Wow, I'm going to be tired but loving it all too. Last week, I celebrated with a trip for reaching my supplier's elite goal. It's their top tier suppliers who hit their top strategic goals. So she won a trip. Would have never been able to do this in my job. And in 2021, I passed my salary and even paid my spouse a salary as well. Yes, it's been hard. I've shed a few tears and work a lot, a whole lot, but it's so much more rewarding. I have a new energy the past few years. I also don't dread Mondays. Thank you again for all the encouragement. And please tell anyone who is stuck and afraid to jump, it is totally worth it. Well, thank you, Mandy, for that. And I've reached out to Mandy. We're going to develop her story a little bit more and be able to share it through our newsletter to encourage others. But just another example of having a dream, seeing herself as an entrepreneur, uh, getting spousal approval and buy-in and stepping out and doing that. And now her spouse as well is getting a salary through the business that she started. All right, let's move into some more here. Rhett says, Dan, uh, greetings and happy March. I wrote you three years ago and 
as I made the transition from full-time pastoral ministry to full-time writer. I took a job then as senior writer for one of the world's largest evangelical organizations, ghostwriting for their president and CEO through their direct mail newsletters and other avenues. Though I greatly admire the ministry and enjoyed the people I worked with, I found being tied to a cubicle very draining rather than life-giving. So in January of last year, I began aggressively listening to podcasts and audiobooks during my automobile university, including books by you, The Zigglers, Ogmandino, Jack Canfield, Henry Cloud. I read Vincent Puglisi's Freedom to F- Freelance to Freedom and began making a plan to eventually transition to full-time self-employed work. In January of this year, I submitted my resignation, moved my office to exactly 0.1 miles from my kitchen. Sometimes even as I walk, I'm in the process of creating several streams of income, including serving as interim pastor of a church, ghostwriting, freelancing, editing, exploring the possibilities of speaking and coaching. I'm also taking Nick Pavlidis' ghostwriting school online, enjoying that very much. Uh, He's been contacted well, we've got to shorten this up a little bit. I've been, been contacted by another ministry about becoming their senior writer. So he's doing that, has ghostwriting things in the works. Finally submitted the complete manuscript for my first book to my publisher. The book is called Seven Words to Pray for My Family. I also manage and, and write a Twitter account that has 120,000 followers. The past seven weeks, I've reread your 48 Days to the Work You Love book and workbook. Just started reading it again with my 16-year-old son. I listen to your podcast every week, and I've just started listening to the Ziggler One Year Son host. I recently, I found your recent ones. What if I'm too old to be successful? And your recent interview with Jeff Jones especially helpful. I'll turn fifty this year, and I've never been more excited about the future. I'm reevaluating, prioritizing, readjusting, rewriting my future, looking at how to glorify the Lord and help others through my natural writing, uh, through my natural writing in the next quarter of a century wrote, um, it's got an article on his blog, biggest challenge I think is that there's so many good things I want to give my attention to. I feel a bit overwhelmed at times by them. I'm using a Ziegler performance planner this year, taking their advice to work on four big goals a week and at least six most important daily activities. Keep up the good work, every blessing, Rhett. Well, thanks, Rhett, for your update there. It's just encouraging. I wanted to share that just because for a couple of reasons. For one thing, because to share your excitement, you know, just turning 50, your excitement about what you're doing, your willingness to walk away from the traditional experiment with all these things you got going, uh, the, the abundance of having so many things from which to choose. And now putting that together in that model where you have multiple streams of income we talk about, but I also wanted people to hear how many connections you've made in this transition process, how many other people you're connecting with, in terms of reading their material, taking their courses, going to their conferences, reading their books. I mean, all the things that you mentioned in there, that's a really big indicator of why you now feel like you have so many, you know, you're sitting in your own sea of opportunity. I mean, that's why, because you've taken the initiative to reach out, continue learning. That's a really big piece. Now on your and really, I want, I want to kind of emphasize that too. Last week, I talked about, and if you're on your mailing list, you got a note about my food for thought. The fact that I want to connect in small groups, we outline five for the next five months, where I'll be meeting with groups of 12 people for lunch, where I buy lunch, we just get together and brainstorm and share ideas and resources. And we got an avalanche of responses. 
no surprise there. And I, I should have anticipated perhaps a better way to say no to people who aren't going to be on there. But one of the things I look for is what are people doing? What, what are people doing to make the connections to advance, to explore opportunities? Those are the kind of people I want to hang out with. And it's heartbreaking for me to see somebody that is not doing anything. And it's pretty easy to identify that. You know, what is somebody doing? So in those, those are being screened. But again, Brett is a great example here of uh, doing these multiple things. Right? I love your, your website where the headline is making words sing to help you connect with your reader audience and customers. I love that line, making words sing. But again, I note that you've been through Ray Edwards' profitable copywriting course. Wow, what, what a great thing to do that and then learn how to, just by those little subtle changes, make your offering as a writer stand out. Make your words sing. Great, great it's a great way to, to lay it out. Congratulations on what you're doing and how you've created this sea of opportunities in a time when a lot of people are seeing a lot of obstacles. Well, hey, these are questions coming in, as you know. These are questions from you, just people like you and me who are walking through the challenges, the opportunities, the highs, lows, all the things that we're experiencing out here. You got a question? Just go to 48days.com slash askdan. You can submit it there. I'd love to get those. It can be a success story, an idea, or a resource that you want to share with others, or the question you have to help you move forward in your success journey. Well, Carly says, Dan, I just finished your book. It's been very helpful. Quick background. I've felt stuck in a job I don't like for several years and been seriously job searching for a new remote job for about six months. I've interviewed with five or six companies, making it to final interviews with two, received no offers. I've been listening to your podcast as well and looking for an answer to this, but I haven't found it yet. Since I'm looking for a remote job, the companies I'm applying to are all over the country. How can I use your plan of following up with a phone call and asking to come by for an interview when all my interviews are on Zoom and all of my contact is via email? Now, that's one of those things. I'm just doing a quick insert here. That's one of those things. I mean, Carly, you're right on track. I mean, that's one of those things I need to have updated in the next version of 48 Days to the Work You Love. When I wrote this last one, it was 2020 when it came out. I wrote it, of course, in 2019. And at that point, we were still doing interviews where you could expect to go sit down with somebody and do that. Then that changed, and we're never going to go back to the way it was totally. Things have changed dramatically. Companies are realizing they're having to interview people uh, via Zoom. So a lot of things have changed there. Now, let me continue with your question. Uh, Carly says, I've been looking up hiring managers, people with the power to hire me in the departments I'm interested in at the companies I want to work for, messaging them on LinkedIn. A few have contacted with, with me and I've sent them an intro message and two or three follow-ups with no responses so far. I've also tried mailing emailing recruiters and talent acquisition leads directly at their work emails, mostly been ignored there as well. I'm starting to feel lame and embarrassed and it's discouraging me from continuing to apply with the companies I really like because when I'm ignored repeatedly, it makes me feel kind of disrespected that they won't even give me the time of day when I'm genuinely trying to show the value I would bring to their company and clearly expressing why I want to work at their company. I appreciate any help. Carly. You've packed a whole lot in there. 
And I know I don't deal as much with traditional job searches here as what some of you would like, since we do talk about the entrepreneurial side a little bit more. But this is a legitimate question, and you can do a combination of both. As we described already, you can have a core company that is your primary customer and have other companies that you're serving as well. So you have kind of a portfolio of companies rather than just one. The gentle move that a lot of people have done from being an employee to being a freelancer or an independent contractor where you get a 1099 at the end of the year rather than a W-2, that's a real gentle kind of transition. If you are a bookkeeper or a graphic designer, you can decide that instead of just getting a salary from one company, you're going to offer your unique zone of genius, that unique thing that only you can do to five or six companies, just a real gentle kind of change where you're essentially applying for a smaller job with five or six companies. And that's very appealing. All these new companies are being formed may not need a full-time bookkeeper or a full-time graphic designer, but they could use you eight or 10 hours a week. That's a real natural kind of move away from traditional on both ends of the scale. They're both from the person providing the services and for the company that needs a service. Now with what you're talking about here, and I described that um, nearly one third of the over a million people that have quit their jobs in the last six months did so to start their own business. So there's a lot of new businesses coming up that are not even going to be on the radar in areas like LinkedIn and the big job search sites and all of that. Uh, but they're out there. That's why you need to increase the numbers of the contacts you're making. Now, also, prior to the pandemic, the estimates were, and I got this from 60 Minutes, so as, in as much as you trust any news source, I guess we'll take their their stats as, as accurate as we can get. But they said that one in 67 jobs were remote, one in 67. At this point, as of January of 2022, so this year, just a couple months ago, one in seven jobs are being offered as remote. Companies recognize that things have changed, they're never going to be the same again, and they could use talented people where it doesn't matter where they live as long as they provide the, the service that they need. So you're in a really good position to be looking for a remote job. So all those things are in your favor. Now, when you're looking for a job, and if you're looking for, you know, when you say a remote job, and I'm not not sure here if you're talking about something that is, you know, 40 hours a week, eight to five, you know, five days a week, or if you're going to just look for project work, there's a lot of different variations that could be part of what you're doing. But typically, what we look for when you're looking for a job is there are several steps that are clearly identified, and we can identify what is breaking down. Where is it breaking down for you? What link in the chain is not working well? So you have an introduction letter. You send that out. You don't expect any kind of response. You're just kind of, you're just bringing your name to their awareness and who you are and what you're all about. Then you follow up. Now, this is right out of the job search strategy as I have it laid out in 48 days. Then the next step is a cover letter and resume that you send out four or five days later. And then you follow up with, with that with a phone call for an interview. And then you get the interview and then you get the job offers. Now, that being said, that's a quick overview, obviously. But then we can see, where is it breaking down? Are you getting response to your cover letter and resume? You apparently are. You know, is it is it adequate? Are you getting a, a good percentage return on that? If so, then we know your resume is great. 
The next thing is interviews. Now, you had five or six interviews, you said, and no job offers. That concerns me. In today's environment with companies so desperate for workers, with so many people who have left their jobs and companies are left short-staffed, companies everywhere are looking for people. And for you to have five or six interviews without a job offer is a concern. Now, again, a lot of variables there. I don't know if you're, you have unrealistic expectations or demands in terms of compensation or benefits or whatever, or if there's something else going on. But I would look at that very carefully because for you to have five or six, I would expect you to have two or three job offers if it's a reasonable match at all on the front end. So then we look, if in fact you are getting interviews without job offers, then we have to look at, okay, what's happening in the interview that is not making these companies eager to have you on board as part of their team. That's a very realistic place to look. Obviously you, and you clarify here that you are doing your interviews on zoom. All your contact has to be on zoom. So let's look at that for a minute. You can look at that. What are you doing on Zoom that would not be working for you? I mean, when you do an interview on Zoom, you have to realize that is an interview. You want to treat that just like you would an opportunity to walk into somebody's fancy office in a high-rise building. So you want to show up looking like you would look for that interview, dressed like you would be dressed for a position in that company just like you would for a face-to-face interview. I want you to stand, not sit in a chair. Standing gives you such a stronger presentation when you're on Zoom than sitting down. That means you've got to have your computer up where it's level. I have an elevating desk, and a lot of you do at this point, but I just hit a button and it comes up. Like Like right now, I'm standing. I would never record a podcast sitting down. I stand because I speak differently. Speak with more confidence, from my diaphragm, it comes out a lot clearer. You want to do that when you're interviewing. Recognize that they'll see your entire background. I mean, if you're sitting on your bed, they're going to see that. If there are dogs running around in the room, they're going to see that. If you've got goofy pictures on the wall, they're going to see that. But make sure that you've got a background that is professional, that's going to present you as part of the package, what they're seeing in the background as well. Make sure you've got a good microphone and camera. A lot of people on Zoom, I mean, it still blows me away to still see people on Zoom where you can hardly make out their face because the lighting is so poor. It doesn't take that much to have good lighting so that in, in, in whatever context you're doing this, even if it's not for a job interview, just on a group call, I would encourage you, get good lighting so that it presents you in a positive way. Make sure you've got a camera that is decent. I mean, I have a sophisticated, you know, Mac computer setup on my desk with multiple monitors and all that. And I just assumed that the built-in camera was as good as it gets, you know, just like on an iPhone or something. Wow. I had a young guy in our Eagles community work with me to help me assess my lighting and everything. And he says, your camera's junk, you know, get a camera that's good. So he, he had me get a Logitech C922 Pro is what I've got. But it's 99 bucks. I mean, we're not talking big investment here, 99 bucks. The transformation and the way that I look on Zoom is astounding how it picks up the light better. I mean, everything, it was just, I mean, it's like going from a two to a 10. 
the difference. So make sure you've got something that presents you well there. Stand and then have your camera so that's level with your eyes, so you're not looking down or looking up. Um, look directly into the camera. Don't multitask. You know, don't have your eyes darting around and doing other things. Make sure you're not going to be interrupted. I mean, make sure that you're isolated so that if UPS knocks on the door, you don't expect you're going to stop your interview and run into the door. No, don't do that. Anyway, those those are some things. Again, we're we're back to then the process that I lay out for the three critical steps of the job search. Number one, send a letter of introduction to every company. Number two, send your cover letter, resume a week after that or four or five days after that. Then number three, call to follow up. I mean, that's a process that's still getting results. I know that it's difficult to call these days. There may be other ways that you have to do the follow-up to contact a person. Um, but be be innovative, be creative. This is a time to pull out all the stops to do things that other people are not doing. So I'm hearing stories from people that I'll incorporate as tips when you when we come up with the newer version myself. How do you contact somebody when they're isolated at home as well? They're not in an office anywhere. You can't just drop by. You know, maybe you don't have their their address. It's kind of goofy, kind of creepy to you know send them a FedEx package to their house. So there have to be other ways. But the main thing I would encourage you to do is just increase the numbers. This is a time when you're in the driver's seat looking for an opportunity because, again, there's so many companies who are desperate to bring on people. So they are, companies are hiring, trust me. Uh, Just be patient. It may take a little longer than what you thought, but make sure you've got those 30 to 40 companies that you're reaching out to because all you need is one great response. So even though you've you know had five or six interviews, yeah, don't think that that's representative of what the whole economy is out there, what the whole job market is. Not at all. Go back, increase your numbers, and you're going to find that golden nugget that you're looking for. Nina says, Dan, I've been a longtime listener. I've read 48 Days to the Work You Love. Thanks for all you've done and do. I'm one year retired from healthcare, family nurse practitioner. At the time of my, my retirement, I was making six figures, but I'd gotten frustrated in our illness model of care. My question relates to who am I and why am I here? I have many years ahead, truly want to help others be well, but not in the manner of the Western medical model of care. I'm not actively looking for a business or job, but think I could benefit from others and drilling down to what it is I want to do. I have an insatiable desire to learn and can spend hours reading studies books, et cetera, listening to podcasts. Is Eagles Community or 48 Days Network a place for me? Well, I, I would say absolutely. With what you want to, the exploring that you do and wanting to connect with other people who are perhaps taking more creative, innovative paths, I mean, that's exactly what we do in the 48 Days Eagles Community. That That is the deal. And yes, you can just go to 48dayseagles.com and see what's there and check yourself. Does that sound like you in 48dayseagles.com? But certainly what you're presenting here would be a, a great setup for joining us in that community. Now, in, in terms of the Western medical model of care, don't get me started. I mean, I have my own horror story about uh, a couple of years ago, actually about four years ago now, finding myself in a really compromised state of health and couldn't understand what was going on. And I had all the symptoms of burnout and yet while doing work that I absolutely love. It's like, how could this be possible? Well, there's a whole lot of reasons. 
uh, for that, but I'd compromised my, my sleep and working too many hours, committed to too many things and all those things. And I really was in a, a poor state. And I went to seven different people in the medical arena who it's that old, you know, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So everybody had their solution from their vantage point. And I saw that this wasn't addressing a holistic approach at all. And I ultimately met with a functional medicine doctor who absolutely changed the direction I was going, walked me back into not only health as I'd known it before, but beyond that into optimal health that I had not experienced in many, many years and continues today. So certainly I'm a big fan of things other than just our traditional Western medical model of care. Explore functional medicine. I just wrote in the Eagles community, you ask about the Eagles community, I just wrote in there that I'm listening to the audio of the new Tony Robbins, Peter Diamandis book, Life Force. It is mind-blowing what's happening what new technologies, new methods, new systems, new supplements are providing for us in terms of healthcare that is outside of the traditional medical model. The answers are coming from people who are not necessarily trained in medicine, but are, are scientists. They're motivated people like me or motivated parents or spouses who are coming up with solutions that are really astounding. Now, the book is 720 pages long. I'm going through the audio. The audio is 22 hours. Yes, it's a monster, but the wealth of information in there is going to be life-changing for a whole lot of people. I mean, I've taken initiative on that. I'm now on a wait list for the Fountain Life process out of Naples, Florida, where they'll do a complete body assessment. I don't have anything wrong with me, but I'm just excited about learning as much as I can so that I look at prevention rather than just fixing things after they happen. So I would encourage you, get the book Life Force, Nina, I mean, my gosh, do, do that immediately. And I think it's going to open your, your eyes to a whole lot of new possibilities. I mean, Tony Robbins himself says that he's invested in 28 of the companies that he talks about in the book. These are companies that are doing really innovative things. Thanks for your question. Uh, Todd, don't worry, we're gonna, this, this is going to be my last one. Uh, Todd, Dan, I have an update and a question. As you know, yeah, Todd, I know, I know Todd from previous questions and interaction. He says, as you know, in 2021, I pivoted from being a church work pastor for over 20 years into coaching, consulting, and of all things, real estate. Uh, most of this pivot I've been able to do because we followed your and Dave Ramsey's guidance regarding finances and planning. Here's the update regarding church work ministry. I've continued every weekend doing what I love, preaching, teaching, leading in worship at different churches since there's a shortage of pastors in my area. Now, there, there's Again, there's a shortage everywhere, it seems, of everything. And if you have skills in that area, you can come up with a creative plan as Todd has done here. Uh, I love that. Rather than just taking another traditional position, no, you're just filling in for all the, the shortage that there is in that area. Regarding real estate, at the end of one year, I made 50% of my income as a pastor, and I'm on track to make my full previous income this year, in year two. All right, awesome. Now, a couple weeks ago, I interviewed Jeff Jones. You know, he got in real estate after being a drummer for Big Daddy Weave, the Christian rock band, and... Uh, just exploded his income by um, doing the videos that he does about Mobile Alabama. If you haven't listened to that, make sure you go back and check that out. 
I also started a referral arm in my real estate business called localchristianagents.com, which is the basis for my question. Here's a question right now. I don't have a lot of extra income to promote this website. What would be three or four ways to bootstrap local Christian agents into the markets that we've identified as being profitable? Thanks for all you do. All right. Now I checked out your site, the local Christian agents, and see your model there where you ask for a referral fee when a deal is closed, 20% referral fee, and an agent fee of $99. I think this is a really tough business model, Todd, for a variety of reasons. And, and number, well, numbers one and two is you need to find agents to sign up for this. So real estate agents who want to sign up and pay for this service and commit to sharing their commissions with you because the referrals that would come through there. And then number two, you need to find individuals who know this is available and who go to the trouble to request it. I think there's a real clunky road on both ends of that spectrum to get people to take that action for real estate agents to sign up to this and hope that they're going to get referrals that have to be in their geographic location because, you know, real estate is still very much geographically centered where they're going to do their business. And then to find those individuals who know this is available, I think this is a long shot at getting enough momentum in this. And I'll have, to, I'll have to admit, this is not a business that I'm a fan of anyway. Here's the deal. Well, let me just approach it gently in this way. We just sold properties that we had up in Tennessee. When I looked for an agent, I didn't ask her what her faith was or where she went to church. I looked at her track record as a real estate agent. I wanted a rock star real estate agent. I mean, right now we are getting bids for a new roof on our house here in Florida. Uh, it's a major deal. Uh, we're having a lot of fun knowing we're going to be able to choose colors, design, and all those kind of things. And there's some great companies here. But again, in screening those companies, I'm not asking them where do you go to church on Sunday. I want to know your last ten customers, how they were treated. I want to see those roofs. I think this is an artificial constraint on looking for quality people to do business with. It just, I, I was asked years ago to be one of the charter members of a Christian Chamber of Commerce. And I said, no, I'm not interested at all. And they were kind of flabbergasted. They thought I would get on board and promote it, help them grow. And I said, I'm really not interested. I was part of the Franklin, Tennessee, Chamber of Commerce. And I knew that in going to the meetings, before we started the meeting, everybody would stand in a circle. There'd be 120 people or so in the room. They'd hold hands and pray. I said, so I'm supposed to leave that Chamber of Commerce and come to one that calls itself a Christian Chamber. Why do I want to make that distinction? Why do I want to continue to do, to do work, to rub shoulders with people who are at varying places in their spiritual journey? I want to I don't want to isolate myself just based on that one piece of criteria. I want to have the best real estate agent involved. We we dealt with a rock star agent here when we purchased our place. He's a really cool guy. He's, he used to be a professional golfer and now he's a real estate agent in this community where we live. He's a really cool guy. Now I I 
to this date, I've never questioned him about his faith, his beliefs in that arena, but I know what he does in real estate. Now, again, I apologize if some of you are thinking that that ought to be clarified, but in my mind, it's just not, it's just not the way that I do business. Anyway, I, I think you get a really tough model here. Todd, I know you're doing a lot of other things and rocking in that arena and got a lot of things going for you, but uh, I, I don't see a great, I don't have a lot of optimism about this particular, um, this particular new venture that you're trying to add on here. Well, hey, we're going to wrap it up with that. Now, keep in mind again our quotation for the day we cannot discover new oceans until we have the courage to lose sight of the shore. I love that. Step out. I love the innovative things you all are sharing here. And again, if you got questions that you want to submit, just go to ask or 48days.com slash ask Dan, and you'll see it there. And you can leave a question, leave an idea, leave a success story like a lot of you are doing here. Any of those that I use on the show here, I'd be happy to shoot off an autographed copy of 48 Days to you. Again, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions, for being open to growing, being a powerful force, for making the world a better place, for believing without a shadow of a doubt that we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Hey, if you feel like you're stuck in a J-O-B, I hope today's show has given you some insight, some encouragement to step out, follow your dream, get out of the, get off the shore, get in the water. If you want to go see something new, certainly you can do it. Have a great week.